Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome. Welcome, Mama. Thanks for coming. Hey. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me today. So excited. Yeah, you're popular. It looks like a lot of members of the team came on to talk to you. I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, that time that I got to take over Bengalis of New York uh, was amazing. First of all, so much great engagement. It's so cool to see you guys cultivating a community uh, for young professional Bengalis to get together and actually support each other. So uh, I appreciate the work you guys are doing. Uh, thank you. So I, I'll just set the stage for you. Um, so we're, uh, we sh- we've been, uh, Bengalis and I, we started the page about two years ago. We didn't really didn't take it seriously for the first year. So mm-hmm. I'd say we're still in year one. Um, and now we just brought on five additional people. So we have 10 people. And we have uh, about 6,000, a little over 6,000 members, uh, I mean, followers on Instagram. Um, we have a small Facebook community and we have a podcast and we have a website and a blog. But I'll be honest with you. Uh, we don't really know what we're doing. There's a lot of it is just uh, just because we enjoy just uh, highlighting people, but a lot of it just mm-hmm. happened and snowballed. So um, that's where we are, but we want to do other things. And, you know, we were building the community and eventually we have goals to maybe monetize and do other things. But most of us, like I'm, I, work in, I worked in finance for a long time. I know nothing about social media. <laughs> Everybody else on the team knows more about social media than I do. But most of the people are, um, you know, students or, uh, Deba, she's a um, optometrist. Um, sorry if I messed that messed that up, but uh, but yeah, I mean, none of us are experts, and so yeah, that's just, that's where we are. So I would love to hear your thoughts on you know what we what we can do moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you guys are actually doing this the proper way. Uh, What we call this phase that you're in right now is called customer discovery. Uh, Building a community is probably the hardest thing for most businesses to do. They kind of start it uh, with the product and then they try to get it out to a community. But what you guys are doing right now, which is so crucial, is actually finding the community, figuring out what their problem is, and then actually polling them about what solutions they're looking for. For So in technology, in this customer discovery phase, it's when you test hypothesis, right? So let's take a look at the landscape of Bengali young professionals out there, right? I know personally, um, I didn't want to identify as a Bengali for the longest time because I always grew up with this mentality of no one in the community would support my entrepreneurial career, the fact that I'm so outgoing and um, that I'm entrepreneurial. But what I slowly started to realize is those community roots that are in Bengali culture were a had to do a lot with who I became and there were a lot of young professionals that were also looking for that same community right so when you start to figure out what that community is and maybe a problem like mine, then it's coming up with solutions that actually help that individual. So there are a lot of different ways. Number one, using social media, yes, to develop that community, 
pull your audience, figure out what they need, what platforms they're using right now. Then it's testing out different services. So what you guys are doing right now is becoming a content medium, which is probably one of the best ways to get started. And then monetizing first with paid partnerships or features. You can definitely use that as one engine to bootstrap any kind of uh, offering that you'd have. But number two, I would definitely go with an event marketing approach. Think about it, especially since you guys are so niche in New York, there's so much opportunity to get together. Obviously right now, not so much in person, but there is opportunity to offer virtual events. Now, if you guys are really great at this brand building, which I've seen you guys have been able to do, think about how many people want to be able to have that type of influence that you guys have had and the type of community that you guys have built organically. You guys are going to easily become consultants, right? Think about all these Bengali entrepreneurs that are really old, our uncles and aunties that are like, I don't know how to use social media. They're going to be hiring you guys to come in and do that marketing for them. So you can kind of take on that agency kind of approach. But at the same time, you have the opportunity to really leverage your brand. A really easy way most people get started is just developing a free Shopify store and you can do dropship. I've seen you guys really do really great design work. So come up with some really dope quotes on uh, work with artists that are in the network and maybe once a month you guys start like a subscription service where, hey, every month we're gonna feature the Bengali artists of the month and you guys can do uh, a drop. You only have like 25 pieces that people get to buy and if they're part of this exclusive community then they pay an amount there's so much opportunity in the drop shipping world and it doesn't cost anything to get started all you do is let's say a t-shirt's like 10 bucks you add 10 dollars on top of that that's your profit and then they take care of the shipping the uh customer service and everything so i could definitely get into more of that but I definitely think the next level up from that is understanding a lot of a lot of the problems that stem in our community have to do with mental health. And I see you guys have definitely been touching on that. And I genuinely appreciate that. But maybe you guys become this marketplace of solutions, right? Maybe you want to create an app that's like, hey, here's your go-to guide for all things uh, that all Bengali young professionals need. Maybe you guys need some home cooking. Uh, maybe you need Bengali therapists. Uh, whatever it is, you create this platform of if you want to support Bengali entrepreneurs, come onto this marketplace for all of your solutions. So those are a few things you guys could do, but uh, I've kind of researched the landscape of entrepreneurship uh, in my 10 years in this, and I've recognized that it comes down to understanding what your community's needs are, but the founders also have to really enjoy that medium because if, if you are planning to work with investors or do this long term, you've got to have the heart and you've got to have the hustle. And if you don't like that shit, it's going to suck. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's so much to peel there. Uh, I was just thinking I should take notes, but I'm glad this is recorded so I could uh, listen <laughs> to it again. Good. Well, I'm glad you got value out of that. But at the end of the day, anything I say won't matter unless you're very strategic about it and you do the things to actually get it implemented and out there. And that's what holds most people back from starting their social platforms or anything is, I got to plan all this. I got to get strategy, blah, blah, blah. But Execution is number one.
You know, I love that you're mentioning, hi, this is, it's Nisha. Um, hey, Nisha. I was taking notes while you were talking, and one thing I jotted down right away was how outgoing you are. I <laughs> truly think that's something we're missing, and especially the Bengali community amongst women who are pursuing careers that are kind of unconventional, you know, ones that are out of the cultural roots. One thing I want to ask you is, what got you into this, you know? Was it something that you felt from a young age right away, you know, I want to tackle on the cultural norms, or was it something you developed over time? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking that question and acknowledging that. Um, I definitely come from a strong Bengali community roots. Uh, my dad used to host uh, family functions and picnics for like hundreds of Bengalis uh, in Atlanta. So I've always just like watched him become this community gatherer and try to get people around being Bengali and having activities bring people together. But the more I was in that culture, the more I was like, I like what they're doing, but I don't like the people here. Mm. And it's rooted in, you know, feeling judgmental aunties talk shit about me, right? Like, <laughs> so a lot of that made me stem away from it. And I'm really grateful for my parents because they did give me an opportunity to get my own car, to go off to college and live in the dorms, to live on my own, like leave the house. So I definitely uh, understand I had some of those advantages, but I had to take those bold steps and asking for them. Understanding that I believe more in myself and I believe my parents will always love me no matter what, that I'm willing to say no to things and take chances. And it's sad that a lot of the women in our community feel so bounded uh, by these gates of what will people say, right? Like, I don't have the dream job. You're not going to get married. Um, what, it all goes back to what will people say. And fitness is what really taught me uh, how to be confident in myself and learn discipline and execution so that I knew I always had the work ethic to get something done. Um, and I learned a lot of that from just watching my parents hustle uh, and get the life that they have. I love yes. that answer so much. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the immigrant uh, mentality, it's the grit, right? That's what we get from our parents is the immigrant uh, mentality and grit. Um, what, uh, what are they, where are your parents, uh, what, are, what do they think, what do they think about what you're doing now? Do they understand and do they understand the impact you have? Do they understand the impact you have, especially on social media? Yeah, uh, the answer is I don't really know. Um, I think the first time they said I'm proud of you in a long time is after that Forbes 30 under 30 article came out. Uh, but you know, here's what I've learned. Uh, they definitely don't understand totally what I do, but now they respect that whatever I'm doing is good. Um, so when I first started uh, entrepreneur or my social platform, at least, I actually hid my face, my name from my platform for two years because I didn't want anyone to know it was me. Obviously, it's fitness. A lot of it is transforming my body, which, you know, no auntie would ever approve of. And so I didn't want people to know that because I didn't want it to fall on my parents. Uh, so, no, they didn't know about that. Uh, then some auntie found it and told my parents. And then uh, I got in a huge mess. They were calling me a slut, a prostitute. Like, what is she doing with her life? And 
What was so funny was when I got into the fitness industry, I knew I didn't want to be a trainer. I didn't want to be a model. I didn't want to be an influencer because I wanted to have a job my parents would be proud of, right? And it's not that they couldn't be proud of any of those other categories, but I knew it didn't align with me and what I wanted for my family. And so I worked so hard. At first, my job was I had a marketing agency for health and fitness brands. Dear God, I think I showed them my Nike campaign and they still didn't understand what I was doing. And um, it wasn't until I really started getting them involved in the process of what I do that they started to get, oh, she's in technology. She's a nerd. She actually does all the back end stuff. Fitness is just the industry she works in. Now, um, obviously communicating technology is a hard thing in entrepreneurship. Um, but they now just kind of trust that I'm doing something that's good and that's something I'll be able to continue growing into. That was a very long winded answer to say they kind of understand what I'm doing. And it sounds like the anti-communication network in Atlanta, the, the information travels as fast as it, as it does in, uh, in New York. Man, it's like they have their own kind of technology that gets things out in like five, 10 seconds and it's probably just WhatsApp. But, you know, I'm really, really grateful for them because those aunties have definitely helped um, me develop my confidence. I used to not go to those parties because they would make me leave crying at those events. Then I stopped showing up to parties for a year and now none of them mess with me. They all are super nice to me because they know I will disappear and they have no shit to say. Uh, so it definitely comes with our own self-confidence and being able to stick up for ourselves. You know that little anecdote you provided? I relate to it so much. <laughs> I Girl, they're, they're scary. You um, what? I stopped going to parties just like you. And I'm a youth. And one question I want to get into is, you are very open on your Instagram about struggles and, you know, the different obstacles you've had to go to to your journey. What is a piece of advice you would give to other youth who are in your position that you were a couple years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my advice is find a outlet that allows you to develop your confidence. And I believe fitness is the best medium for that because it teaches you discipline and commitment. And some, what I've, I've gone to therapy for this. So that is definitely another thing I would recommend doing, going to therapy. Um, but the reason fitness is so great is because your parents are first going to not understand why you're eating this way, why you're refusing their food. But what they'll see is, okay, you're actually committed to something that is helping you um, live a healthier lifestyle and be more confident and to actually stay committed to something. Um, a lot of our parents, they want to see us actually do something that's good for us, right? And fitness helps develop that confidence through action. Now, the action is where really people need to take that takeaway and do something with it. So what I recommend is having really in-depth conversations with parents about what you actually enjoy. And I get it. This is so much easier said than done. Uh, because my dad talks a lot. He's very close-minded. So it's very tough. But put it in the landscape of them talking about themselves. What I've learned is... Uh, ask my parents about their upbringing because what we start to recognize is patterns. A lot of what we do is really just what our parents have done, right? 
my dad told me he traveled to 15 um, countries on his own in a caravan in a freaking band, right? Like a lot, he used to be a very famous writer in Bangladesh. So a lot of what he did is very relevant to what I'm doing. Instead, he's a writer. I'm an influencer on social media. He loved uh, volunteer work and he wanted to be an entrepreneur, but he couldn't do it because his parents told him he couldn't. So when I start to reframe what I'm doing with the struggle that he went through, that's when he starts to make that connection point of the struggles I'm going through and why I'm doing what I'm doing. So definitely take fitness as a way for you to develop your confidence. And then two is asking your parents actually about their stories so they can start to relate to you and then understand why you need to make the changes that you do. So you talk about the fitness industry. So were you always someone that was really into fitness even throughout uh, high, high school, college, or is that something you got in when you decided you know, to pursue a career? Uh, my only workout history in college was like running on campus or walking to class. Uh, so no, uh, but I played sports. Um, I played in sports leagues in college. So that helped me kind of train that mentality of being a part of a team. And then after college, honestly, I started fitness because I really had nothing else to do. I would have to come home. Uh, I was living, I had to live with my parents again. So it was my way of getting out of the house uh, by staying at the gym for two hours. So uh, I started that in 2015. What would you say to people? Um, there's different schools of thought on this. A lot of people say uh, not to make your passion your career because then it doesn't it, it stops being fun. And then other people say, you know, if you what you're doing, if that's your passion, then it doesn't ever feel like uh, you're working. So it's like different schools of thoughts on that. I want to get your thoughts on what you, uh, um, what you what you believe in. Yeah, so I'm definitely 100% all in on your passion becoming your work. But I also believe in also having hobbies that you don't necessarily monetize uh, and that are your work work. So yes, fitness is definitely my passion. How I... Um, how I execute on that is very different than how I enjoy it. So this is why I would never be a trainer because I enjoy just working out by myself and the social community aspect of it. So my business is around providing a solution, but fitness to me is very selfish. So I get to enjoy that. But I have also picked up other hobbies that complement it. Like now I like illustrating and drawing on my iPad as my hobby, but I'm not going to go and draw pictures for other people. So I think there's a balance of the two. You know, I actually want to touch on your company that you started. Is it Sweatpack? Correct. So what implemented the idea in your head of, I want to start a company? You know, this, it's a really big jump. What draw you toward that? Yeah, so uh, I started Sweatpack. Technically, the idea came up in 2017, um, and it was really, once again, finding, doing that customer discovery, figuring out the need of my audience. Now, on being an entrepreneur has always been in my blood, so I knew I was always going to start my own thing, and I worked with a lot of startups in my uh, corporate background and startup background, so it was really finding fitness that helped me understand the industry I was going to provide. A solution for so step one was getting my community doing social media to figure out the problem of my audience 2017 I recognized okay all these people have gym memberships and no one uses them or 67% of people that have a gym membership don't use their membership so the reason that they don't is because they don't have the accountability or they like having different options either sports or fitness 
So I came up with this group concept of, okay, you know, in the sports industry or recreational sports, you can belong to a team. Let's say play flag football every Sunday at 7 p.m. But why does that structure not exist in the fitness industry where it's like, look, I'm too busy to work out every single day. I just want fitness to be a social thing that I know I'm going to show up to. So that's when I was like, okay, let me combine the two worlds. And that's when I started creating um, events nationwide. But I didn't launch Sweatpack in 2017 because I still had some research to do. So my first company was actually my event company called Sweat With ATL and Sweat With Us Nationwide. We hosted events in over five cities, raised over $250,000 in sponsorships, and um, hosted events for 3,000 people. Then I started my marketing agency, which was my second company, uh, SaaS Brands, where we actually did the digital marketing campaigns for these big brands, Nike, Lululemon, Equinox, LA Fitness, F45, and manage their brands for them. So now you're seeing I did the research on the consumer side with events and the social media, and then I did the research on the B2B side with the businesses by managing their brands. So that's when I realized, okay, Sweatpack has to be this medium right here, which is the marketplace solution, right? The gyms, trainers and um, sports leagues need a platform to find these groups of people. So that's where Sweatpack comes in, in connecting people to group workouts and sports leagues. And we launched this in January 2019, last year, and uh, really went live in April 2019 uh, with our beta of our application. And so uh, it's been amazing seeing we've had over 1400 participants in Sweatpack and everyone loves what we're doing. And so now it's really about building out the technology and uh, rolling this out nationwide. Well, you're, uh, yeah, your energy is really infectious. You're, 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 it reminds me of like Gary Vee. Like it's like you just want to hear, you know, hear him talk all the time. Do you have any business mentors that you've um, looked, uh, you've, you've, you followed? Yes. You know, it's funny. So Gary Vee is my actual real in-person um, mentor. Oh. I've worked with him in his company, uh, VaynerMedia, for the past uh, two years now. Oh, wow. So it's definitely been great working with him. Um, the way I see mentorship is I like mentoring moments. So I tend to outgrow my mentors because I work really, really fast. So I like having mentors below me, beside me, and above me. The most important one is the one beside me. So this is a strategy anyone can implement right now is as an entrepreneur or any young professional, having uh, mentors beside you are people that are going through the same stage as you. So let's say you're an accelerator programmer, an incubator, or, you know, if you're a startup founder as well, being around those people, they're going to be the ones to help solve more problems because they're the ones going through the same thing as you, right? So like for you guys, it would be other people that have about 5,000 reach in their social platforms and they're looking to grow and scale into what their monetization strategy will be. So, you know, they'll be able to give you more insight on what's happening right now versus me. I've been in the industry for five years now, right? It's more important to have those people. But 
it's also important to have those mentors above you, right? The people that have done this, that can give you more high level context of what to do and when to do it. Uh, I have very few of these people. The most uh, consistent one has been my mentor, Enna, who was my first boss out of college. And she's helped me grow until this point. And she's my friend, but also just someone that uh, tells me when I'm being stupid, but also motivates me to get to the next level. And then the third mentor is mentors below you. It is always important to be teaching and helping other people that want to be where you are. Think about it. You guys have so much value already right now that so many people want to learn from. Take on an intern, right? Teach them the processes. Or maybe it's another influencer that wants to learn what you guys are doing. Maybe it's a different genre. Um, maybe it's Mexicans of New York. I don't know. Something like that where they want to learn what you're doing. Teach and mentor and tutor people to be where you are. I have a follow-up to uh, what you were saying. You've been doing this five years. I'm always curious about the, the fickleness of, of social media, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I'm a little bit older than the rest of the team, so I was around when uh, Friendster, which they probably haven't even heard of, was popular. So I had friends that were on Friendster and then MySpace and Facebook and now Instagram and TikTok. So I'm really curious about what your thoughts are on the, the lifespan of Instagram and how much uh, time it has left. Yeah, look, Instagram's not going anywhere. What, I think the number's at 4 billion people. Um, the way we have to see it is the demographic is going to change on each platform. And so what's more important is going to the platform that has your audience, right? So if you have a younger demographic that enjoys more fast social content, you got to get over to TikTok. Instagram now is getting more of that older demographic from Facebook coming onto Instagram. And if you think about it, if you are building a business, who is the money, right? Like my audience is probably not on TikTok because they can't make their own purchasing decisions by themselves. So I'm going to stay locked in Instagram. But as far as how long this is going to last, you know, they're not going to go anywhere. It's just we're, uh, they're going to probably buy out more companies, which will be more of the trend. I mean, Think about it. Facebook's already bought Instagram, WhatsApp. It's already Snapchat. Who knows what happened to that? But um, it'll be along for the ride. But at the end of the day, what matters more is finding the platform that has your audience and going there. I love all this knowledge you have. I mean, you know, it took obviously a couple years for you to build all this up, I assume. And you're very open with that again on your Instagram. Did was marketing always something that came easy to you or was it something you had to like really put your mind to it? Yeah, um, I'm definitely very blessed and marketing has always been in my soul and uh, what I've done, I went, my educational background is also in marketing. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, I went to Georgia State University and got a bachelor's in um, administration and marketing and then uh, I was the president of a marketing association. So a lot of what I've done is always built up to, to this, but social media on my own time was really where I gained the most experience. So uh, I think kind of doing that for the clubs and organizations I was a part of is what really helped me build tactical skills. I was able to build my own business off of. So for anyone that is looking to kind of gain marketing skills, I think there are so many resources out there. But at the end of the day, just go get specialized in Googling and YouTubing everything because literally that is what I did. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, I went to school for this and I took one social media course. That's really when it became something that they taught, but nothing was really tactical until I actually went to general assembly and took a Photoshop course and social media course that I could implement into my agency. Yeah, I mean, do you feel it's easier for the youth now to learn about these things since it's the age of the internet? We have Google, YouTube, we have all these online courses. So do you believe it's easier to manifest a business? Uh, I absolutely believe um, it is easier, but uh, because the resources out are out there, but I also believe it's harder because a lot of people are uh, don't take care of their mental health and they get obsessed with this uh, saturation of content and content creators out there. So they never get started because they don't feel like they're good enough. So I teach a lot of middle school classes and high schoolers, and it's amazing to see how many freaking 12 year olds have businesses right now. Like not just like YouTube paid businesses, they have like real businesses and it's because they were able to utilize the platforms. But at the end of the day, I think we need to take care of that um, mindset piece first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that you stressed earlier that it's really about execution. Um, and we've been trying to do that a little bit is just like throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And you brought it up uh, about the food thing. We literally just put up a, a story asking who wants to uh, make iftar for people and then also ask who wants to uh, buy iftar from people. And we actually have a growing list of, of that now. Oh, you're creating a marketplace, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And we're not going to charge for it, but it's just it's yeah, something yeah. that we're going to, um, you know, uh, work with and then learn maybe learn from and eventually maybe do something with so so i like what you were saying about just execution and you know seeing what sticks yeah absolutely and at the end of the day get all you need the structure i see is get five influencers that will do marketing for you and help you build a brand continuously make your customers your influencers because they're the ones that have purchased or have been involved in the program and then they want to become natural advocates for you Okay, and understanding who an actual influencer is. An influencer is not someone with followers. An influencer is someone with community. So I see you guys as all influencers because think about it. You guys have 6,000 people. I saw how many people watch your stories. Like I've seen brands way bigger than you guys that get less views than you. So think about people like you that have a very niche community that can actually convert people. And you'll think about the people that are already in your community. I mean, mosque leaders, right? Like sorority presidents or people that do recycling club. I don't know. People that already have people under them. Those are the people that will have niche audience to convert to your products and services. I'd love to um, get your thoughts. Uh, I've, uh, we've had a few people from Atlanta on, on the podcast. And I know. So talk, about, so talk about Atlanta. So I feel like that people in New York don't know. Um, my parents live in Atlanta. My brother and sister what? live in Atlanta. So, I'm, I, so I go there frequently. Oh, they're no. Do I know them? I mean, not probably no, not. but I mean, probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're in, they're in Norcross. They, they keep to themselves. They, they don't know anyone. Um, but like, I'm just curious. Talk about Atlanta because I feel like people in New York... Uh, that haven't been there, don't really know about, you know, how, how, how fun Atlanta is. 
Yeah. So Atlanta is definitely my favorite city in the world. Uh, and I've been to 15 cities by myself. So I can definitely attest to how entrepreneurial it is. Cost of living here is super cheap. So uh, a really great opportunity for anyone to kind of grow themselves. And because we are in the South, people are super friendly and uh, we like to go out. Uh, people like to genuinely help people out here. Uh, every time I go to New York, I have so much anxiety because I'm like, there's way too many people. No one is giving me eye contact or appreciating my presence. And I think that's that's what you get here in Atlanta. You definitely feel that and uh, definitely the best place for uh, young professionals to grow. Um, the Bengali community here is very tight knit. I promise I probably do know your family because my dad knows everybody. And, um, I, I love seeing that because it inspired me to want to create that for myself within fitness. And, um, you know, Eid is coming up and I think the biggest problem right now is how are we going to do virtual Eid? Uh, mm. So we'll figure that out. But, uh, I'm very grateful for the community here and I definitely recommend anyone, um, to come down here. The flight ticket from New York is pretty cheap, like 86 bucks round ticket. So really, I've never gotten for $86. Where, where are you from? Really? I feel like every time I go to New York pretty often, it's like, oh, wow. I'm I guess, you know, I, I always book it last minute. Maybe that's why. But uh, well, I mean, now you could get it probably for 20 bucks. So oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but don't be going yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I just realized. So uh, we actually have a global team. Diva's in the UK. Oh, awesome. And uh, I wanted to see if she uh, wanted to add any thoughts or ask any questions. You good? Okay. I'm good. <laughs> what time is it? What time is it? It's like. Um, it is. Four a.m. Uh, just on past ten p.m. Oh, okay. Oh, thanks for hopping on. I appreciate you. No, I I really enjoyed your takeover, and I wanted to hear what you had to say and how how you made it all happen. It's really exciting to hear about. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, I have a large community actually over. Uh, did you say you're in London? I'm in the UK. So. In the UK. Oh, okay. Well, we have a large community there. So as soon as we expand, we're definitely uh, looking to come to you guys. Oh, I've, I've got to meet you if you do come. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> and Anisha's in upstate New York. So she's not in New York City. Okay. Up New York is a whole different story. I hate it here. Don't want to live here. <laughs> Where are you going to go? Atlanta? You know, you're persuading me. I'm a city girl. So coming from like Southern New York, like where New York City was to upstate New York is like, not only is the Bengali community tight knit, but it's like tight, tight knit. You do one thing, every auntie on knows what you did. Mm, no. <laughs> but Atlanta's in my vision on your mind well i'm glad to hear that hey just making the most of what you have right now uh because one day you'll be coming back to those aunties and they're gonna be kissing your ass i'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> love it so listen thanks for coming on what do people need to know that, that that what you have going on immediately and what do people how do people find out more about you yeah, absolutely, guys. Well, if you guys are looking to be active and need some accountability buddies, Sweatpack is actually launching our first uh, virtual Sweatpack Olympics. So it's two weeks worth of activities. So you and a team of five other people can compete 
virtually and globally against other teams and staying active with virtual workouts, walking, walking your dog or doing yoga, however you want to stay active. And we're going to have a huge prize, three prizes, uh, either cash prizes or you can have a gym built into your home. So uh, we have some pretty cool stuff coming out for you guys. Definitely look for us on sweatpack.co on Instagram or hit me up smallandstrong.fit. Thank you very much. Your energy is, uh, like I said, it's, it's contagious, and I really appreciate you coming on. No problem. Thank you, guys, and thank you for the work you guys are doing. I genuinely appreciate it. All over the world, uh, it's the bony show. Uh, hey, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit to the gangs we with. It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh. I say, hey, come on, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit.